0: The coaching you podcast is presented by huddle basketball and huddle assist your best solution to capture and analyze every aspect of the game from the first tip to the final buzzer hey welcome to to another coaching you podcast with the coach brendan sir and today porter moser the new head coach of oklahoma university is our guest Porter, as you know, went to the final four with Loyola a few years ago. And after this season, when they lost in the bubble in Indianapolis, he had many opportunities and he ended up going to Oklahoma. You'll hear why, why he made that move after 10 years at Loyola. Um, He's just an amazing coach. He's a great, great person. Uh, and I think you can see why he's one of my favorites to learn from and talk to because of everything that he pours into his players. Uh, he's a really, really special guy. So after this quick timeout, we'll be back with Porter Moser. The best basketball coaches are relying on data more than ever. That's why coaches love huddle assist. With assist, you get full game breakdowns, including cl- complete team and player stats in less than 24 hours. Your stats are ready when you need them. And assist is more than just the box score. Use interactive reports like shot charts and advanced stats like like lineup data, VPS, and of course, effective field goal percentage to coach smarter. Plus, assist brings your stats to life. Every stat is marked on the video at the moment it happened. See every shot, turnover, rebound, and much more with just a few clicks. Want to see how Huddle Assist is elevating basketball? Visit huddle.com slash assist. That's h-u-d-l dot com slash assist to learn more. Mindview is an amazing, amazing company that literally is just releasing a platform. They have developed an incredible assessment that we have just totally, totally been blown away with. Because on this assessment that you can take in a matter of 15 minutes or so, 20 minutes on your phone, the things that you've never been able to measure before, like resilience, grit, hope, adaptability, all these things, they are able to measure them as to how you're thinking and feeling right now. This is a game changer as far as I'm concerned. I'm a strength finder guy. I love all that. But MindView is the latest technology. It is just literally coming on the market right now. The platform that they've created is second to none. The emphasis right now on your players' mental wellness is unprecedented. I'm sold on MindView. Now it's your turn. For more information about MindView, M-I-N-D-V-U-E, please contact the COO, Cleet McQuinn, His email is c-m-c-q-u-i-n-n at mindview.com or visit their website at mindview.com. Guest today, my dear, dear friend Porter Moser, the new head coach of the Oklahoma University Sooners. Wow, I almost said Loyola. God darn it. I'm I'm sure you're going to do that a couple of times, you know, quickly. And my goodness, Uh, what a congratulations, first of all, my friend.
1: Thank you. Thank you, man. It's funny that you say that, because I've done that already. Yeah. I'd be calling a recruit all excited. Hey, this is Coach Moser, head coach of Loyola. I mean, Oklahoma. <laughs> and it just when you, when you say this, when you've done it for 10 years, it's just not so easy to come off your tongue. But no, just very, very uh, blessed in a lot of areas. But uh, good to spend some time with you.
0: Well, thanks. And I know, you know, we talked about it just prior to the show. You know, you went from being in that bubble, which... You know, it was you know, uh, it was it was really very very difficult. I'm sure to be in there, practicing, playing uh, some of the biggest games you've ever coached, and then leaving the bubble rather than going home like you would after a normal first weekend. Uh, you know, and then or after even when you won the you know the Sweet Sixteen and the Elite Eight to go to the Final Four, go home. You know, everyone pat you guys on the back. You just stay in there. You know. Uh, first of all, what was the bubble like?
1: You know, the bubble was. I um, think the, the N.C. did a good job. It was very organized. Uh, you know, the testing wasn't that much of a problem. Like, you were in and out in five minutes. I mean, mm-hmm. they had it very well organized. Um, but it was tough mentally because you'd go three, four days without going outside. Like the, the convention center where you practice was connected. Um, everything was connected, and uh, so that part of it was was tough, but. My whole thing, and it's like the way you've—I told the guys—it's just the way we outlook in life. Be thinking of the blessing, man. Like we could have been—it la- could have been last year where you didn't even have a tournament. Mm-hmm. So we just kept on talking about the positives, man. We're playing. We're here. We're—we're we're gonna. We got a chance to keep fighting, you know. And just kept on dwelling on all the the great things about the bubble that that it was up and running, and um, so. But it was that was the one thing, and like it was weird because like. Uh, in 2018 you know you beat miami you come back and the hotel is just crazy you know then we beat tennessee same thing and then we came back to a parade and then the final four we came back to you know all these you know, the police escorts and parades and like every step of the way there was huge celebrations and i remember beating illinois we get back to the hotel we just kind of look at each other <laughs> it was just it was just it was just quiet it was just us and and but it, so that part of it's a little a little different, but just such a blessing that we had it. And, and then we had the experiences to compete for a national championship. We didn't win it, but we had that experience to be in there. And uh, that was, and it was, I tell you what, last thing was, you know, it was great to have fans at the games because we went yeah. the whole year with nobody. I mean, you could have, There was zero. They didn't even let my wife and kids in at Loyola this year, wow. you know, at the games. So, so to, to be able to, You know, to come out in the Illinois game and to see the fans and then the Oregon State, the Sweet 16 game, to see all the maroon and gold, that was just great for the guys and everything and really cool experience to have some fans after having a year of no fans.
0: Talk about, um, if we could, what is the preparation like when you go into an NCAA tournament game, game one?
1: Well, so, the, the, you know, the game one is you're just trying to get – it's, it's, it's like any other game to be honest with you in terms of the prep for us, uh-huh. um, but like we had to watch selection Sunday. This was a different dynamic too. So you you we were supposed to get there um, Sunday, and but once you got into the hotel, you had to go directly to testing and directly to your room for a twelve hour quarantine. Jeez. So we're so we're sitting there going selection Sunday is like it's like at five or five thirty the selection so. We don't want to get there before because we don't want to be in each in, in quarantine when that comes up. We want to be celebrated as a team. So a lot of teams went to the Indy 500 Speedway, and they had all these private rooms. I mean, we saw a ton of teams there, and they they let us take a couple laps on the team bus <laughs> around the track, and then we went up and we had catered food and we watched the selection show um, all together in a in a private stack box in one of those boxes. Um, At the Indy 500 Speedway, so that was kind of different, kind of cool. But at least we got to see it together. So we find out who we're playing, and like all my assistants are over there just downloading a bunch of games of Georgia Tech, you know, because we're trying to get it. Because then we go to the hotel, we test, and then we all had to go to our separate rooms. So we've been used to the pandemic, talking through Zoom, doing all these things through Zoom. But that was a little different because normally you like you go right up to your your offices and you're all together and you're in your war room, and you're just all this, but we were talking about and preparing, and all watching film at Georgia Tech, all in our own hotel rooms in a quarantine. So that was kind of a a unique prep with the way it was. And literally the next day, then so you have twelve hours. You wake up, you had to test a second time on Monday morning, and then you had to go into an eight hour quarantine. So we couldn't get together with our team to start talking Georgia Tech and practicing until Monday night.
0: Wow, I didn't know that.
1: Yeah. Two different quarantines.
0: You know, I watched Georgia Tech on Saturday against Florida State, and then when I saw, you know, that you paired up with him, I said, "You got no shot." I mean, to be Florida State's so freaking good, and I said, "Man," and I I said, "This is this is unfortunate." You know, it's a you know, it's like anything else. It's a bad it's a bad matchup, and and then for you guys to go out and play so well and everything, and I know they were missing a guy, but it doesn't matter. Boy oh boy what a fantastic win to beat an ACC team that won the ACC championship.
1: I'm telling you, we we had, we won, we played 3 straight power 5 tournament champions. Cuz <laughs> <So it was laughs> Georgia Tech won their tournament, Illinois won their tournament and Oregon State won their tournament. All wow. three games were power 5 tournament champions of teams that were hot going into it. And uh but you know what we kept on saying well so were we we were the tournament champion of our league and we were hot going in and uh you know, Georgia, Georgia Tech was such a different um, uh, scout because they, they changed defenses so much. Yeah. They, they played a zone. They played a couple different zones, and they played man. And, um, you know, that, that, that's always something that we didn't see too often this the whole year. So that, that was tricky. I thought they had an elite point guard in Alvarado, and they just did a nice job changing up. You know, DeVoe, I think, is going to be playing at the next level for sure. Um, so I just think they had a, a, a really good, um, they had they had great momentum and confidence as well.
0: Yes. When you go to match up with Illinois an in state team and Illinois, you know, arguably for most of the year, you know, is considered a one seed, uh, physically incredibly imposing. I mean, a true David and Goliath type of matchup pregame. Would you agree? Yes. Yeah, I mean, um,
1: it's a, I mean, yes, yes. Yeah, I mean,
0: Absolutely. Big Ten, Big Ten, best conference in the country, hype-wise. They're saying all year long. Obviously, in the tournament, it didn't come out that way. But you know, but man, what a job you did! How did you how to deal with the the, the guard was so good, and the big man is just incredible. It's like Shaq for college basketball, right?
1: Yeah, so um that just made our Georgia Tech win that much better because I will tell you this from the moment the, the seedings came out our guys were asked questions by all the Chicago media and everybody was about the Illinois matchup and like we're like <laughs> whoa we got what about Georgia Tech we got an unbelievable opponent first yeah. so that even made it more so because there was so much talk about that second game wow. in our state in our state cuz it was it would have been it ended up being two ranked teams um, from the same state in the NCAA tournament to go to the Sweet 16, and they just the state of Illinois hasn't had that um, in I don't know how long. But you know, I thought I thought Illinois was super hot. I mean, they they were they were really well coached, a really tough physical team. Um, they got you know how about this for what I told crutwig and we're, we're scouting, we're like, all right, you've got to stay up and bottle up IO in the ball screen. <laughs> so it's, it's one all-american i go you got you get you got an all-american up there and then you got to roll back down on the post on another all-american <laughs> and he's like oh is that all i gotta do and um he was you know he was up for the challenge i mean i thought krump had his best defensive game of, of his career i thought he really took the challenge defensively um and here's another thing because you and i always talk about the mental side of things yeah. and um there was i mean our guys. I mean, we we actually were sitting there um, at at the Indy Five Hundred Speedway watching the Illinois Ohio State Big Ten Championship game, right. waiting because the selection show came on after that. And Illinois looked so good, and Kofi was so good, and so there was. I mean, obviously the, the, the All American. You're sitting watching it, so I remember I remember Crutwig. You know, before the game, and I I just think he's. I mean, he's such a great person. But he's also an unbelievable player, obviously, but. I, I would go up to him and I go, you know what? All this talk, about, I said, first play, we ran like literally like a fake flare. We threw it to in the middle like we always did. And we like faked flares on the week. And we, I go, just, just go one-on-one. Just take them. Just to set the tone. Whatever happens, happens, man. Just take it right at him. And you could just see his confidence like, all right. And so the first play, if you watch the first play, he got it, took two dribbles and did his little floater jump hook over him. And if you watch his his strut running down the court, and I think sometimes you just gotta mentally like right out of the gate. I was just wanted him just to just to go at him, make or miss. I just wanted to get him out of his system, just go at him. No, I and um, yeah,
0: that, that's that's so big for a guy like that, so big.
1: And yeah, and he just had a and he, the whole game that he was he was just super confident and uh, and I, you know I thought I thought it was a great college game and and you know for for us it was big because obviously you get to go to the Sweet Sixteen. But, you know, to beat an in-state team like that, uh, that we had so much respect for.
0: You know, and if you win a game like that, you know, when, you know, I'm, it's an on-paper mismatch. That's what I'm saying, on paper. And, you know, the betters, let's say, you know, they're saying, oh, this team's supposed to win. And and all of a sudden, you you got control of the whole game. And then they make a run, and you just extend it even further. That was so impressive to me. But your defense, that game, was like at another level. And that's when I said, that that is some of the best defense i saw in college basketball all last year that game game planning for it and i thought it was outstanding porter
1: well thank you i got a great staff and i got i had, you know really smart good players yeah that you know they 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 were just always locked in in film sessions and you know i've always said this um and it was it was a rick majeris term great defenses are noisy oh, and that's good. that was one of our best traits we were really loud, not like rah, rah, loud, slap the ground. And we were loud switching. We were loud rotating. We were loud, you know, talking to each other, getting through screens. Like we were, we were noisy the right way. We weren't a fake noisy. And I think that was a really good characteristics of the team. They were older, they were veteran, they were confident and loud on defense.
0: You know, and, 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 and the last thing I want to just cover this because I think it's so important because We're never going to see, God willing, either of us will ever see a bubble again in college basketball. You know, God willing, right? And and so, Oregon State, who is on as good a run as I've ever seen, a team that, my goodness, they were so big, and 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 the guy does it you know, he does an incredible job. I think coaching, absolutely. You know, and when you look back on the game, I remember we talked almost right afterwards. Your your biggest disappointment in that game was that you had great shots. I remember you telling me, and you just didn't make them, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. You can see me in the film. I watching it. I brought myself to watch it. You know, and uh, you can see me almost clapping at Lucas and Keith Clements, two of our probably two of our arguably two of our best better shooters. And it's just what do you do? I mean, we were. I thought we were getting some good shots. Um, they were longer. They were one of the few teams that I really said when you got up there. And it was, they were longer than that. you saw them on tape. Every single person you talked to warned you about it. They're like, they're just longer. They're longer than you think. And I think it's because every one of their guys had longer wingspans than normal. And so they were not only long, they all had long arms. And they played their zone hard. And I, I, I thought we got some shots. And I thought if we could, they started out in man. And I, we, we then they went to zone. And I just thought if we could have hit some of those shots, it would have loosened them up. and um, but they were they were really well coached, confident. They were tricky because of their length. It's it's probably why everyone always used to talk about Syracuse zone is so well. And I remember Coach Beheim talking at a clinic one time. He's like, someone was asking the, the secrets of his zone. He goes recruiting. <laughs> I thought it was I thought it was the funniest answer. I just I remember that. I was a young I was young in the profession. Secret. secret of my zone recruiting. It's <laughs> a great and line. Because I you get really long, long guys playing it and play it hard. And uh and love that's that. that was they were really long. Porter,
0: we're gonna take a quick time out and then we're gonna be right back uh for our second session. Hi, this is Brendan Sir. I'm talking to coaches, PE teachers, ADs, and camp directors because I'm so excited to announce our newest Coaching You podcast partnership with my friends from 360 Hoops. What if I told you that I've witnessed the most innovative game, training, and exercise for kids that I've seen in decades? 360 Hoops takes up less space than traditional basketball and allows for more players to get involved in developing their basketball fundamentals. The three-sided basket is attached to wheels for easy transportation and can adjust from 7 to 10 feet. The uses are endless, from elementary and middle school recess to physical education class. It can also be used for team practice and skill development training for teams with players of all ages. For more information, visit www.play360hoops.com. To learn more about this new innovative product, make sure you mention Coaching You for a 10% discount. We're thrilled to have our longtime partners and friends at Dr. Dish Basketball on board as sponsors of the Coaching You podcast. Dr. Dish machines are undoubtedly the most user friendly and advanced machines in the world of basketball today. Dr. Dish has completely revolutionized and reimagined the shooting machine to provide the best solution on the market. Join top programs around the world like Duke, North Carolina, Florida and countless others and upgrade your shooting machine to Dr. Dish. Dr. Dish machines are the best way to increase purposeful reps in your program to get players better, faster while tracking progress along the way. Dr. Dish provides so much more than just your standard shooting machines with custom training, pro trainers and coaches on demand, real time and detailed analytics and top of the line drills and workouts. If you're looking to take your program to the next level, look no further than Dr. Dish for the best basketball training machine in the world. If you have an old machine that's just collecting dust in your gym, did you know that you can trade that in to Dr. Dish for up to $1,500 off and get a new dish? Make sure to give our friends at Dr. Dish a follow at Dr. Dish B-Ball on Twitter and Instagram for great daily drills, workouts, tips, and inspiration. Or contact us at DrDishBasketball.com. Don't forget to mention coaching you or our podcast for $300 off your purchase. Back with Coach Porter Moser. Porter, as soon as you come out of that bubble, now now another season starts, and now the recruiting season of you, okay? The good news is you play well in college basketball. You're a wanted guy. Uh, and it's happened to you before. It's happened almost every year to you, but now it was almost at another level, the schools that were involved what is that like for someone that's never gone through it, let's say?
1: Well, it's just a, a lot of pressure. The, the one thing, you know, like you said, once you get out of the bubble, unfortunately it was happening while I was in the bubble. And, um, <laughs> wow. you know, it's it's it's, uh, it's a thing that I was just intentional. I just did not want to go down that path while we were still playing. I, I wanted all my attention um, to go to the team and, sure. as it should. I just wouldn't go down that path um, until we were done playing. And uh, so you're – you're feeling the pressure of all this. You're you're but you're totally entrenched in your team and the outside noise and the outside, you know, trying to get to it. So, um, you know, when it was over, um, you know, you just it's just it's tough. You're you're sitting there thinking, you know, what a, your your emotions are afraid because I mean like I really felt we had a team that like we did in twenty eighteen that could advance the final four. And you know, I was just I was emotionally wrecked from that. Sure because of how I felt about the players and how I felt about my team and what our vision was and what we thought we could do. So I was a wreck with that. And then, um, and then you're trying to make a life changing decision. And it was, it was tough because you're, you're sitting there with, with different things. And, and I just got some clarity when I I spoke with Oklahoma and, um, you know, Joe Castiglione, the athletic director has been here 23 years and is widely regarded as one of the best in 80s in the country. And I just got some clarity and some peace when I started talking with him. And then, you know, I always tell this like to the recruiting, like it, it, was, it was, I would literally just told the recruit this. He had put his name in the transfer portal and the first week it was like 25 schools and he's taking all these calls and it's going a million miles an hour. And then when you get right to your toes to that line to make the final decision, it becomes like this huge weight on your shoulders to really step over that finish line and make a life changing decision, and that's the way it was with me. I, I, you know, yeah, I'm hearing all this stuff, and all, talking, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, should I leave something that I've invested my heart and soul in for ten years to where I absolutely love? I love the people, I love the place, I love the university, I love Chicago, I, everything about it, I love. And I, I knew we were going to be good again, and I just, I just got some clarity, and when, when with Oklahoma, just felting that it, it was aligned with everything that that I wanted at the next step of my journey.
0: You know, when you when you, you know it had been at least ten years since you took another job, right? You're at Loyola for ten yes. seasons, yes. and you know, and I know we all you know say how oh, I know what I'm going to do with the first hundred days on the job. I know what this, okay, but now all of a sudden it happens. Now, wh- what is the first thing in your that's important to you that you felt that you had to address first? Staff. Yeah.
1: Okay. Staff. Um, because, you know, that was the first thing. It's it's who's on your bus, you know, who who's who's in who's with you that are gonna be aligned with you. Right. You know, you gotta surround yourself with 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 people that you believe in that are extensions of what your vision is, that your values are. And so that was that was paramount is trying to put together the staff. But I also had such an emotional um, part of of trying to tie up tie up ends and say goodbyes and have some closure with some people. At Loyola, then I had was thrown into the people at you know coming with uh, at Oklahoma, you know that part of it like having to meet things. So it was just truly the biggest whirlwind, leaving one place, coming to another, and then all of a sudden the transfer portal. You're sitting there going. We have three returning players, so the recruiting, and then you're trying to hire a staff. But if you ask me what's the most important, I really believe you—you've really got to got to get your staff right, you know. Because and really just make sure that you're um, intentional on what you want, and that 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 part of the process cannot start after you say yes. You—if you're—if you're an assistant coach and you're hoping to become a head coach and You might, you've got to be thinking, what kind of staff do I want to put together? Well, in advance, you've got to be sitting there. You've got to be intentional on what, because once it happens, like if I didn't have my vision already in place, once I, once I accepted the job at Oklahoma, if I, if that was the first time I had really put that together, oh man, I can't imagine. Cause once that happens, it's media, it's recruiting, it's this, it's a million people coming at you. So you, you've got to be intentional on, and, and I think it's the most important thing. Is, is your support system who are going to be there with you because it's not one person that's going to turn a program around it's a collective group of people and those people have got to be what you believe in and the same values that you have
0: that's an incredible nugget right there boy that is so important i think how has it been the first time that we've ever had a transfer portal what
1: has that been like <laughs> the transfer portal okay um that is that has been, um, you know, it's 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 crazy. Like because um, you know when, when Coach Kruger retired, uh, a bunch of them went in. One of them, uh, you know, a couple of them went declared to go pro. Um, one of them is going to be drafted late first, second, somewhere in that range. But then a bunch of them put themselves in the portal. And then by the time I got the job, you know, things were snowballing. And then you know, it's just it just things. So we really truly had, I think, three players um left and uh so it gives you an opportunity to recruit players that can play right away so you can compete the first year um but it also guys that take jobs from here on out it's going to be hard because you know why you don't while that job is open you know trust me they're getting poached people are people are, are, are in there and so it gives you an opportunity to Get some guys to come and fill your roster and play right away. But your roster is probably depleted because of the portal, you know, uh, of that. And my biggest worry for it is is it's going to be so easy for someone to just say the grass is greener over here or someone to tell them the grass is greener over there. Because that is that's a big part of it. The kid might not initially think that, but they could get fed that. And that is scary because you want you. Want, I, I wrote a book, and I think you've I talked talked about my all my in. Book. I would love it. Yeah, all all in. And um, I talked about that that watershed moment in my life was was that point when I was at Creighton. I mean, I was at that point as a freshman, and I, I was I, I was you know I'm not playing. Uh, should I you know should I should I leave and all that? And I'm just like you know I, I just fought through it. Like I, I don't want to sit out. I don't want to do whatever. I'm like I just. And I fought through it and then I still didn't play my first half of my sophomore year, but then halfway through my sophomore year, I ended up starting and then I started the rest of my career. And just that lesson of fighting through resiliency, fighting through and to seeing that. And then what led me from that is, is, has been woven into who I am fighting through when things aren't going my way and to stay with it, that the first moment of adversity doesn't mean, you know, quit and, think something else is better it's just to keep fighting and it led me to started getting in the coaching profession Tony Baroni. I got to I went I stayed at Creighton we won he gets the A&M job I go with him I get into the profession go to a and I meet my wife we've been together 30 years now four <laughs> beautiful kids and it's it's just my life is completely taken that turn at that watershed moment of when I could have quit and I did and I stayed
0: you know, when uh, you talk, I'd listen to your press conference. I'd listen to almost everything you say. And, you know, you are so big on establishing a culture. What, make, what has made you successful at Loyola and everywhere you've been is really establishing that culture. How do you do it now at a new place, now with almost all new
1: team. Well, the first thing I, I did say is culture means something different to everybody. Amen. Like it's it's what, like your culture my culture might I might have it might be different than what someone else's wants. so you you just got to decide what how you want your landscape how you want your culture what are your values what are your beliefs and then you got to do it every day it's got to come every day and it's and it's got to start with you if you're not the head coach coming to practice every day with an amazing amount of energy and passion every day and to build your culture it's it's got to be it's got to be consistent in every day and the one thing that's about here is, and I said this at my press conference, I'm not coming in here going, man, I got to completely reinvent the wheel, change culture, change everything. I don't. Ron Kruger is one of the most highly, high character, successful coaches. He's a Hall of Fame coach. Like their their culture was good um, in terms of good kids, working the right, you know, all the things academically, um, socially, like they they were good so that was something that I was excited about because they valued that here in Oklahoma, having Lon Kruger here for 10 years. Um, but, you know, now I just want to enhance it, put my own culture on here, like what we believe in, the terminology, the, the, the emphasis. What, what are you emphasizing? Because every coach, you know, can be successful in different ways. You know, it's, there's just not one blueprint on being successful. you got to figure out what your blueprint is and believe in it and pour into it and then make it contagious. And that is something that um, for for me here, you know, we're, we're just – I've only had three guys, but like in June, when we get the whole team here, it's it's an everyday thing. And I just couldn't be more excited for the new journey just to start fresh with this new thing and, and implement it.
0: You know, you're a teacher, and so that's when you get to start teaching. If you were an NBA head coach right now, you would not get the chance to implement your culture, frankly, until September. <laughs> right you know right. And, and then you got you know 21 days to your first game if it was this past season in the nba you'd have about eight days <laughs> and there's no way yeah. you can establish culture in eight days right so in the college game you get to practice i think a lot more so in june as you stated that's when we start implementing our culture and your teaching correct
1: Absolutely, and, and that's the thing that um, it didn't happen to me. But I'm I'm saying this for the benefit of a, it happened to a lot of peers in my profession, so to their fan bases, administrations. But rewind a year, if I took this job a year ago, right, and I just took it in the pandemic, and I'm trying to recruit without meeting guys, which I can't do anyways. But like getting there where I wouldn't have worked with them and didn't get these freshmen here till October. What a what a I mean, can you imagine taking a job a year ago for all those coaches that took a job a year ago? I mean, those guys they, they didn't get to work with their new, their teams until you know October, and then they're trying to play in November, and uh, that was that was that that's tricky. That's tricky of doing it last year. So that was a little pump up for my peers. And <laughs> I had to do no, it. Last year. I still just think that. So and for the freshmen who weren't that who were as successful as people thought. Those when you when you're an incoming freshman, June, July. August, September, those are four crucial months in your development to get acclimated, to get stronger, faster, the skill work, the terminology, the just to get used to stuff. Well, those four months occurred October, November, December, January. That was overlapping with three months of the season. Wow! But I thought that was a big point of, of why some, some younger guys maybe didn't shine as well as they people thought they might have. They missed four crucial months of development.
0: Hey P- Porter, the Big Twelve Conference, incredible. Six, I believe, of the ten coaches have coached in the Final Four. Am I right on that? Yes, six I, out I, of ten. It's amazing. And uh, why? I know you know there were many conferences that pursued you and offered many unique challenges. How excited are you about being in this conference, which I think is one of the
1: strongest? I do. I, I believe it is. I'm, I'm biased, I know, sure. but like. It, 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 the Big Twelve has ten teams, and I love that it has true home and homes with all the other teams. Right? You know, so you you're going to play nine opponents, home and away. That's I love that dynamic. Second, seven out of ten went to the tournament last year. Seventy percent of the conference. There's my great math degree clicking in. Yeah, uh, but seven out of seven out of ten, seventy percent. That's the highest percentage of any conference in the country wow. of the teams that went to the NCAA tournament. Um, just. Incredibly well-coached, tough, physical. I mean, it's as physical as the league in it. Um, So, I just think um, it's 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 a terrific, terrific league. And the other thing that drew me to the league was that 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 amount of teams because the way the way the um, everything's now set up with with the net, with at-large bids, with the transfer portal. There's so many new dynamics of college coaching that is make it harder. for the non power five leagues. Yeah. And that was a big dynamic in my decision as well. It just, it's just the reality of the way the transfer portal is working, the, the nets, the, 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 the equations that to, to put teams as an at large bid. There's just so many things that are, 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 are moving towards those leagues and to, to chance to be a part of that at a place like Oklahoma was, was a big, another big reason why i thought it was time to make this move
0: i I totally agree quick time out and we'll be back with porter prepare like the pros with the new fast draw fast draw is the number one affordable coaching tool used by pro and high school level teams worldwide with fast draw you can save your plays and playbooks digitally attach video and share with other coaches and your players in seconds in addition to a great product, they also provide basketball coaching content and resources through their blog and play bank, which features over 8,000 free plays and drills from their online coaching community. For access to these plays and more information, visit fastmodelsports.com or follow them on Twitter at Fastmodel. Don't forget to use promo code CU10, that is CU10 to receive 10% off your next fast model purchase back with porter moser porter um you know we talked a l- little bit about it earlier but um first uh you've had some great influences you mentioned tony broney before uh, and i i got a chance to work with him i've known him since he was a coach at st rita's high school in chicago you know um uh, you know when i was a i was a i was a kid at the time but uh but you know and uh, an incredible guy but Talk to me about how he helped you get started in the profession.
1: You, you know, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't say my biggest influencers were my parents. I'd be remiss because awesome. that was um, that was something that, um, you know, for me, it was, uh, you know, just the, the love they gave me, the, the, the vision, the passion, the energy, just the, the life lessons. And, and my, my siblings were influencers, and I think that is just so big. We were just, I grew up with two other brothers and sisters where the competitiveness, all of that, they were just such influencers. So I'd be remiss if I didn't say that. And that, that's helped me as a parent
0: yeah.
1: so, to, to understand that, man, my, my truest influencers were my parents. And I, as I, I, so I wear a coaching hat and a parent hat. And that, that hat of a parent, that is such a big lesson for me that, 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 that was my influencers that, man, I got to make sure that I am completely present in my kids' lives going through this profession. So I just wanted to say that about that parental role. that I have. It's it, but, Porter, um,
0: Porter, it's the same skill set, right? Parenting and coaching. Right. Same exact. No set. Yep. No doubt. That's fabulous. The,
1: the, the, the professional influencer started with Tony Baroni, my college coach. Just, I played for him four years and how he ran the program, um, and then, then, then I coached with him six years, so I was with him ten years. And such a, um, you know, how he put his heart and soul in the family atmosphere that he ran, and the, the, the connectivity he ran with the program, and you could, you can combine the. I've used these words all the time, you know. Coach Baroni was an old school coach, but, you know, people say you can't have old school, you can't coach that way anymore. But you know, the two words you got to combine is accountability and love, mm-hmm. you know. You can hold young kids accountable. And that's what, you know, that's what coaching a young man hard is. But he's got to know there's trust and love in the room. And Coach Brody taught me that. And then my, my second biggest one that came at my most influential time was Rick Majeris And that, um, his influence on me is just, is, is lim- has been limitless. You know, what just to be four years with them. And when you're with Coach Jarrett, you're with him almost every day. And um, and you're eating with him almost every day. Uh, but he just the sitting in a boardroom watching his mind twist and turn and game plan and then uh how he was so intentional with terminology and his teaching, the attention of little things, and he I've never seen a guy teach the little things over and like and not let up on them. I mean, we're in February and he's teaching the same little things and holding you accountable in February as he was in September. And sometimes you get going during the season and you just start letting stuff slide and, Hey, we got this. He never let it slide. And it's been such a big part of of our philosophy is the teaching, just, just teaching these kids, skill development, teaching them on the offense, defensive end. And he was the ultimate teacher as a coach as I've ever been around. And, uh, and that was such a big influence on me as a, as a coach. And uh, he gave me my confidence back. Yeah. You know, when you go through some tough times in your profession, he gave you your confidence back and to believe in what you believe in and then to continue to learn new stuff.
0: I, I've never told this story before, but uh, I'm 21 years old. And I'm an assistant coach at the University of Detroit back when they're an independent back. And my head coach is Dick Vitale. And well, I'm sitting in my office one morning, one day, and a guy walks into gym, and he walks into my office and he goes, Hey, Brendan, uh, Rick Majerus. I said, hi, Rick. He says, I'm in Detroit recruiting. Can you open up the gym? I want to work out. <laughs> right. And, 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 you know, and I said, sure. And I said, he said, get your stuff on. Let's play one-on-one <laughs> and we play one-on-one and, 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 and he's like Al McGuire's assistant. Hank Raymond's is the you know top assistant, and Rick's the recruiter. And we became fast friends from then. And I and I yeah. and I just love the guy, you know. Just oh love man! Him.
1: So in his younger in his career, he was always trying to find a pickup game Yeah. that. And then when he was older, he was always trying to find a pool <laughs> his knees. He went, but he was always trying to find something. Yeah, like that. He used to tell stories. He's like, yeah, we played pickup on you know a playground. I'd be playing with all these. Legends, you know, Gus Johnson, all these guys he'd say. And uh, he had nicknames for everybody. Someone goes, Coach, what was your nickname? And he goes, Rick the Pick. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I, I said the best picks on the playground. I'm like, yeah. some, that's something to be known for. Yeah. That's something to be known for. It's a role.
0: Hey, when we were, were talking about, there's a lot of, you know, we're doing this in May. There's a lot of guys in our profession. We have so many people in our profession, and our podcast is going to 100-plus countries around the world. A lot of coaches have lost their jobs, okay? And it happened to you. It's happened to me. Um, give me how you bounced back from Illinois State when it happened to you. Give, give some encouragement, if you would, and some sure. honesty to some people that it's happened to.
1: Sure. I, I try to call as many of the guys I know and a lot of guys I don't know when it happens, and I still do it. I've been doing it for you know, 12, 12 years or so since it happened to me, or actually it's been 14. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. One is there's no sugarcoating it. It's devastating. You know, so it's like, like it's devastating. And so many people say, Oh, it's going to be all right here. You know, it's, it's, it's hard. There's, there's no, there's no doubt about it. So I took time to grieve. I, I remember getting my wife and kids out of town for a couple of days. And you know, after a couple, I just, I use this term and I use the term in my book. I just, I've been competitive my whole life. I've been my whole life playing sports, playing games with my siblings, and I got into this competitive reinvention. And I said, it's, I'm going to have a competitive reinvention of this isn't going to be my story. My story is not going to be Porter Moser getting fired. And I just got competitive with it. And then here's the other thing is you start seeing all oh, this job's open. You start going for it and you don't get it. And then my faith kicked in. And I said, you know what? God's got a plan for me. If that Maybe that wasn't it. That wasn't it. Because you can just start seeing, all right, maybe this is the one. I can get this job. I'm back on my feet, and then the door closes, and my faith get just kept on saying to me, you know, God has a plan. If, if one door closes, another one's going to open. And sure enough, I like it wasn't so that happened to me the first week of March. I started with Rick May first, so I had a couple months, mm-hmm. and I had I was in and out, and I was about to take a, a coaching head coaching job at a low low D one school when Rick Majerus called me out of the blue, and I was able to. Um, uh, you know, just my, my, my mind thought, my mind frame was, you know, where could I learn the most? And that also has stayed with me. And I tell young guys, don't make a decision based on what public perception is. If you had that happen to you in your life, where are you going to grow, learn and the most? Like that's the situation. It might not be the most sexy situation. You know, I turned down my, my pride was telling me to be a head coach again. And, but I, I was, you know, I had to, um, You know, I wanted to go and I said, you know, I'm going to go learn with Rick. You know, I'm going to go back, take a step backwards, be an assistant and learn from him. And it's just, I can't tell you how much that changed my life, that mindset. But you got to get into this competitive reinvention. I love that term. Don't have that be your story.
0: Porter, I'm going to give you credit for that term one time, and then I own it, brother. But that's not. It's my book. So you
1: can't I know that. Reading, yeah. <laughs>
0: all right. So, hey, for those of you, go on Amazon, get all in by Porter Moser, and that, my friends, will be a life changer. Uh, you love learning. How, do, how does one Porter Moser learn?
1: You know, constantly with with an open mindedness. You know, where you can learn from anywhere. I I, can, I I love learning in a high school practice. I love l- learning on a book um walking coaches speeches podcasts I started a podcast journal this, this pandemic there's a million ways to learn it's, it's your open-mindedness to learning and uh and and then you're you know that that my of not knowing it all just you know someone asked me I, had, I literally had a recruits mom ask me the other day on a thing it was I'm 52 years old and they asked me what do you think you need to get better at as a head coach what a great and I question. said every and I said everything I said everything I said, I mean, if you're not trying to continue to get better at every, and, and you know, different aspects of your life, you know, I, I think, you know, it's not an ego question. You know, I think the best keep learning.
0: Talk about the Motley crew real quick. That's a special group. I know
1: special group. I mean, so many of the guys, you know, Johnny Gallagher was a guy at Hartford who everybody saw his passion with what he did with Hartford's program and yep. how he just got the rug pulled out from underneath him. Um, with that program, uh, just my and then you got Steve Downing and Mike, Mike Martin in the Ivy league. They get the, the, drug pulled out of them. no season this year. And just watching these guys passion. There, there was so David Patrick, who's a mutual friend. I just hired him. Um, uh, Chris Harriman was with me at there and, um, at, at, with coach Majerus, you know, Timmy miles. Um, I mean, he had to go through a competitive reinvention. Now he's back and running at San Jose state. What a great, um, opportunity for him. Joe Mahalik and his, his two sons, Matt and Joe, are just two guys that are up and coming high energy, energy learners. David Pauly is just, uh, for everyone knows him on the East Coast, just a, a, a guy with just an amazing um, mind for basketball and for everything. And he's just such a big part of our group with, with his wisdom of doing it for so long. And we got two guys that are non-coaches, Harry Rosenberg and Babs. Yeah, the, the uncle of johnny gallagher and it just kind of evolved with with these guys of of getting together talking ball you know five six years ago and it's become a very close group and that we've of, of different personalities but the same same values
0: porter um you know
1: it, it's amazing
0: um you know since several years ago when you came into my life uh, i've been really enjoyed uh our conversations and I love learning from you and I appreciate you sharing all the time. And, uh, I can't be happier for you and the, and the, and the huge, huge opportunity that you took advantage of. And I think you're going to knock it out of the park there. So again, thank you much for sharing with our coaches. And again, look forward to seeing you soon.
1: Thank you, my friend.
0: Powerful stuff. Porter Moser is a uh, really, really special. I think I love about him is he's so genuine and he's so honest. I, I, I really think it's important, number one, about, you know, you find out about, I thought he had a great comment about culture. You know, you talk about culture, and it's really, everyone has a different culture. But you get a chance to implement your culture when you take over a team. And it cannot be downplayed how important that is. Culture is now the environment you're going to create where your players, your staff, and yourself can do the very best work they're capable of. Uh, the other thing I, I loved was when he ta- when I asked him about influencers, he went to his mom and dad and his brothers and sister. I mean that is so powerful, and then of course the two big influencers in his life as coaches would Rick Majerus and Tony Barone. Uh You know, integrity, honesty. Uh, this is Porter Moser again. I recommend All In. It's one of my favorite books because is he truly wrote the book from his heart, and he's a man that is totally driven by passion energy and purpose and uh till next week this is the coach Brendan sir